Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to Somebody Save Us. It's a Smallville retrospective podcast, but this week we are covering Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 3, and that would be The Flash Season 6, Episode 9, and we're going to get right into it right after this. Hey, Steve, how's it going? Good, Paul. How are you? It's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, uh, I, th- I think we we sort of opened the last episode sort of like this, too. But it's just uh, we're not full-time podcasters. And we're not... We're finding scheduling shows and getting uh, getting our ducks in a row and and just doing this thing hard with our regular lives yeah yeah it's not uh um uh it's not that we don't love y'all and it's it, we certainly don't want to neglect any of the listeners out there especially the ones that have been here from the beginning and especially because our audience does seem to be growing significantly it's just that like this started out as a fun hobby and we have legitimate nine to fives and then other lives to live beyond that so as far as priorities go, as much as we love doing this, as much fun as it is, it kind of has to take the back burner sometimes. And that means like our horribly shitty release schedule, say for going back to like mid-December. Um, right. So we apologize for that, but we have been talking kind of behind the scenes in thinking that maybe we go from not a regularly scheduled podcast to just like a special treat that shows up in your inbox every once did that sound dirty that sounded maybe dirty <laughs> than I wanted it to um it just shows up in your notifications a little more often or, or, or a little more randomly we are we did decide we kind of want to try to go every two weeks at a minimum specifically because analytically i was looking at it and we tend to double our audience per show if we go two weeks, if we go every one week, our shows tend to top out at about 20 listens. But if we go every two, our shows tend to get about 40. So, right. yeah, that and it actually really seems, I mean, it's not really a business, but it seems like at this point, maybe less is more and a smarter business model to follow for now. Yeah. And, and if we find ourselves with the extra time, we can start recording shows and maybe banking a few. And then we can maybe at some point we get back to a more regular tempo and maybe even back to a weekly thing at some point. But I don't want to make any promises about that at all right at this point. Neither do I. I mean, the holiday season's really, really busy. Um, and we're coming up on spring here pretty quick mm-hmm. in Canada, which means that, like, it's going to get nice outside. So personal lives are going to open up a lot more. We're going to be spending a lot more time with family, friends, uh, spending a lot more time outdoors. Um, Yeah. Yeah. So, I I mean, it is what it is. We thank you for, for, for coming to the show. We thank you for listening. We thank you for sticking by us. Um, And we apologize for maybe letting you down and not being as regular as we would like to be. Cause trust me, we would like it as well. It's just, Things are getting in the way sometimes, and yeah, and I just I just want to make sure everyone knows that the show's not going anywhere. We're oh, going to no. keep doing it, and it's just maybe you know it's you can have a little podcast as a treat. Oh well, I I, I can see the shows getting maybe 
we're staying at least as long, maybe getting a little longer. Who knows? But but yes, yeah. it, it would be. Uh, it'll be more um, of an occasion as opposed yeah. to like a scheduled kind of thing. Yeah, and if we can, if we can hit uh, hit scheduled days, that's good. And if if we miss, if we're if we're Tuesday or Wednesday rather than the Monday or whatever, we uh, we we're just that's where we're at. Yeah, yeah, but. Again, I mean, if, too, if like, you if 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 you guys hate that, or if you want to give us feedback, if you want to get like out the uh, tomatoes and pitchforks and torches, let us know. You can get a hold of us um, through yeah. various means. But going forward, we're gonna be kind of an unscheduled surprise. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing is too is like we want to know if like if there's kind of things that are Smallville or DC adjacent that you want us to look into. We don't have to, I mean, we love doing our bonus episodes with Crisis, but Crisis, we've got this one and we've got two more. And then after that, we'd be looking into the beginning of season two of Smallville, actually. But um, yes, uh, we still got a little bit of work to go on that. But uh, yeah, if we if we see stuff that people are interested in, maybe uh, maybe there's something with Titans down the road or with uh the the superman's uh superman red sun the animated movie is coming out like next week oh really oh i totally oh. spaced on that oh yeah so stuff like that um and there were some other behind the scenes thoughts between us mm. where we were thinking of um maybe just doing a completely separate podcast that had nothing to do necessarily with smallville or dc where it's just I don't know, even even necessarily topical as much as it's just like a chat show. That's just a hang. Me and Paul just cover whatever random shit is in the world that week or every month or like, Paul, what are your thoughts on the Large Hadron Collider? I mean, that's the thing is we do some of this stuff before we were before the mics are hot on the show already. We could just record that stuff. (laughs) <laughs> I was thinking of that too, actually. If we recorded our intros and outros and just did it as like a weird mid-week or mid-bonus episode, like here's the behind the scenes from the last episode. Yeah. Although a lot of it's just like paper pushing and and, and stuff like talking that. about our, talking about how sore our backs are and yeah, yeah, yeah basically. <laughs> oh, I worked out and I can't move. Yay. <laughs> Uh, okay anyway yeah maybe we should actually do some dc episode talking on our dc episode podcast yes and let's end this extremely long marin open and uh and uh begin our show yeah properly sounds good so yeah crisis part three the the cold open is really short but it's really cool because we are on earth 203 in its final moments and we get a brief cameo from helena kyle uh, a.k.a. Huntress, and the voice of Barbara Gordon, a.k.a. Oracle, both from the original Birds of Prey series. A show that I actually really enjoyed didn't make it past its first season. Uh, it yeah. had its weaknesses, trust me. It was it, the official first spin-off of Smallville, so it also does have like a Smallville tie in it. Um, yeah, man, I really liked the cast. I liked the way this was going. It kind of had like a Tim Burton's Batman visual appeal to it. Yeah. Uh, and then like midway, I want to say three quarters of the way through, or maybe it was actually really early on. I can't really remember. But they revealed that the big bad, the villain, was Harley Quinn. 
Yeah. Uh, like it, it, it had a really cool direction it could have gone. I thought it was canceled way, way too early. Yeah, they, it, they could have given it more, more of a shot. I think they looked at, they just really looked at the numbers and were like, like nobody is watching this thing. Yeah. I remember I hearing stuff about that. <laughs> yeah. And that, that thing is, it was already off the air before I even knew about it. So that's, uh, yeah. And I mean, it could have been, uh, who knows CW was a really young network at that time. I, and I don't really remember how they had scheduled it or if they messed around with the schedule. So right. it, it could have been one of those things where it was just really like the studio didn't help itself out on that one. Kind of a, a yeah. firefly situation. Yeah. Yeah. So the, um, but yeah, like it's, it's like, it's a nice little bit of fan service, which we get, we've been getting a lot of that. And a lot of it, a lot of that stuff could go over people's heads. Like they'd be like, what was that? Who were those people? Unless oh, especially actually... birds of prey that, that was like a really deep random cut. Yeah, but that's actually it for the uh, for the cold open. Well, that's because it's um, that is the destruction of that universe, right? So, yeah. have we have we seen any universes destroyed yet prior to this? Of course, we have. We've seen like a bunch of uh, the other Earths and stuff. So you'd assume the universes that those are part of. Oh, okay. Being so, like, I guess yeah. it's just a general reminder that, like, oh yeah, this is still happening. We're still eliminating universes as we go. Losing tons of planets at a time. Yeah, because yeah, I, I think every time we're back on the Wave Rider, we're seeing somebody standing over the computer just watching Earth's wipe. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. Good point. Good point. But uh, yeah, on the meanwhile, on the wave on the Wave Rider, actually, uh, we get the monitor letting us know, just keeping us appraised uh, that there are still three Paragons left to find, um, and. Just then, uh, Cisco, Killer Frost, and Elongated Man arrive with Iris, and she runs over to embrace Barry. And, like, we've got kind of our Flash cast with us at this point. Yeah, this to me feels like, as far as how the episodes work in the Crisis crossover event, the, to mm -hmm. me, the Flash episode feels the most like a Flash episode. Yeah. Like, does that make it's, sense? Like, the episode yeah, it's itself extremely... feels more like it's source series. yeah like that like again like the the batwoman episode barely felt like a batwoman episode and i haven't watched much of it but i'd watch every episode of it up to that point and it did not really feel like a batwoman episode yeah and supergirl started out feeling a lot like a supergirl episode but then <laughs> like kind of quickly turned into almost an i want to say arrow it felt like either an arrow or it felt like a, uh, it just felt like a crossover episode. Like Yeah, like it, it felt like it lost a little bit of, of like its identity, whereas this feels like a Flash episode to me. And maybe it's because the Flash, as far as all the rest of the series goes, the Flash has more crossover in regular series. And I think, I, and I think I remember this just from something Stephen Amell said when they were on in from the first episode was that a lot of the crew and staff for the first few episodes of the crossover was majority uh flash staff i can see that okay yeah and so it's not yeah it's not really that surprising to me that it went it, it feels the way it does and it, it feels good i mean i think 
we'll get into where we think it ranks out of the five uh, toward the end. But um, yeah, I think, it, yeah, we get all of our Flash regulars show up. And then John, uh, uh, John, uh, John Jones, Ma- Martian Manhunter, and the two Supermen uh, decide they're going to head out to save as many people throughout the multiverse as they can, just get people off of Earths and get them back. Yeah. Um, and as soon as they leave, Ray Palmer gets the Paragon detector working, and we quickly are now at six of seven paragons because it's revealed that uh martian manhunter is the paragon of honor and barry allen is the paragon of love uh and then we get who our seventh one is as well oh yeah uh, um um ryan Ryan Choi. yeah Yeah. which is just Um, like regular human dude (laughs) paragon of honor makes sense paragon of love sure i guess it's like the Captain Planet thing. It's like wind, water, and heart. heart? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Good. That's an excellent okay. analogy because that's, that's exactly what it is. I'm like, okay, <laughs> sure. Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know. It it does make sense because I really actually do like the relationship between Barry and uh, Iris. And I think it's, as far as the relationships I've seen in the Arrowverse, it is probably, to me, like the most... Um. Pure, it's one I I root for the most, by far. I've shed Um, some real tears uh, with moments with them. Not as much as between Barry and Joe West, though. Man, he's he's the ultimate dad. Yeah, oh yeah, Barry and Joe break your heart over and over and over again. They're so good. And and it's like happy and sad tears a lot of the time, so... They better not ever fucking kill Joe West. I'll lose my fucking shit, dude. I think everybody would. I think everybody would. That would be like a hard episode to take. Yeah, but so they 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 know where Ryan Choi is. He luckily is on Earth One because that just makes things easy. Um, and they uh, locate, you know, they locate where he is and they go to make contact. But the ship AI. Uh, informs everyone that Diggle has arrived and he pissed. Yeah, he's not happy at all. Um, and it might be because of the lack of screen time John Diggle gets in this entire crossover event. Yeah, he gets very little. He gets some very cool stuff at the end of Arrow, but... Um, yeah, which yeah was sadly spoiled for me. I haven't seen it yet, but whatever. Um... But- yeah. But, like, he, for considering this, like, the Crisis event is, yes, it's a crossover, it's for everybody, we're showcasing everybody, but it's also kind of, or it's not also, it is, or it's not kind of, sorry, it's definitely Oliver Queen's swan song, and you would think they would maybe showcase his best friend, the guy who's been there since episode number one, but yeah. John maybe has maybe 20 minutes of screen time throughout these five episodes. Yeah. Yeah. And he shows up and he's just like, he's just like, he's predictably like real pissed that not only did he miss the fact that Oliver has been killed, but Oliver has like already been resurrected. Kind of. Or I guess he hasn't yet. Uh, well, no, but isn't, is that not what he's pissed about? That they're there, they did take him or they are taking him to. Yeah. Yeah. And then also. The sick bay, right. So they've already, they already did. 
Yeah. He's just, yeah, he's just not the complete Oliver at this yeah. point. Yeah. He's uh, real choked, though, also that they don't know where Lila is. Um, although the monitor suspects that she is with the Annie monitor. Um, it's yeah. really weird. Like, no, it's never explained how Lila was picked to be Harbinger. Uh, yeah. Right. Yeah. Like she just randomly, she just is. Yeah. It was just an actor they had kicking around. I guess that, that makes use. sense. Well, it's like, they don't ever explain how that, um, the machine works to, right. to, to like identify the, um, Words the are paragons? just my brain, dude. Thank the, you. The the paragons? Yeah. Yes. It, it doesn't. I mean, there's a lot of uh, deus ex machina in this. Like, there's actually a pretty big plot hole at the end of this episode that we'll explore when we get there. Oh, is but, there really? Um, okay, I look forward to it. Yeah. Um, just because there's an item that is so powerful that it's just like, okay, well, you could have changed everything. Oh, yeah. Um, okay, fair enough. Anyway, at... Um, so at the team meeting, though, there's kind of everybody sitting around the table. There's a lot of frustration going around about everything. And Supergirl, as the Paragon of Hope, doesn't seem to have much because she gets up to walk away. And uh, Kate kind of watches her and she kind of like she's still sitting. She's kind of still sitting with everybody and she pulls the piece of kryptonite out that she's got. And she's kind of watching her walk away. Uh, as she's she's kind of like it's like she's thinking about is is supergirl losing it a little bit am i gonna have to use this thing yeah well which i actually like that she's conflicted about having it whether or not she's ever gonna need it because when you go the opposite side or not the opposite but if you go to the the related side like bruce bruce wayne has no qualms about it i have this because one day i'm going to use it like yeah, there's no Robo- conflict in Bruce at all. And Robo Bruce did use it. Yeah, exactly. So, um but uh so I think we get I think it's maybe not in the meeting, but like uh there's a separate scene where uh, uh Frost and Cisco are chatting when he detects what he believes is the source of the antimatter wave, and it appears to be emanating from Central City. I love and I, I mean, I, this might date how long it's been since I've actually watched the show, but I really love Killer Frost's new outfit. Yeah, it's awesome. It's um, it's pretty. And is neat. this it's... so? So Cisco detects the power, whatever it is, because the yeah. monitor has told him he needs to take his powers as vibe back. Yeah, like yeah, it's pretty much right. It's following right after that, like. They he's making his way to confirm his findings and the monitor just meets him in the hallway and it just like it just basically boops him on the nose and is like, you got your powers back, <laughs> which I and I'm I'll be honest all yeah. for it. I'm yeah. a little uh, part of me doesn't like when you watch a show like Arrow or Flash or, or whatever. And it's like you have a super powered character or you have your hero character and then somehow everyone around them starts getting like either infected or super powered as well. So by the end of it, it's a super team as opposed to one hero and supporting. Right. But I liked Cisco as vibe. I liked it a lot. So when yeah. they wrote the powers off of that character, I was actually really disappointed. 
Yeah, and he's he's a he's been lesser for it, and there's been times where he's where they've really, I mean, they've written stories around the fact that they no longer have vibe to help them, and so they have to find another way to do stuff. But um, I don't know because I haven't watched any Flash since the crossover ended whether he still has his powers. That's a good question, actually. I know I didn't even really question it. Or if he doesn't, who does? Because, because there was a... Because the the way he got rid of him is they eventually made... They essentially made a... Um, Metahuman cure. Yeah, yeah. So and so they could do it again because yeah. they left the option open for Caitlyn as well. Right. Huh. All right. Yeah. But yeah, so he, yeah, basically he's, he's just forced to have his powers back because the monitor's like, you have a higher purpose. And, uh, but, uh, so Barry and Iris have a quick moment together. Uh, but kind of at the end of it, he sends her to find Choi because she's kind of like the logical choice. She's just a regular person. So sending her to talk to a regular person makes sense. Um, and then. Frost, uh, Vibe, and Flash port into the subway tunnel, and they head to the spot where Nash Wells was digging, and they find some interesting symbols, and then also Nash, who's now Pariah, and is there to bear witness to tragedy. Maybe the worst, <laughs> like, and I, I, I might come off sounding like really nitpickish about this episode and maybe the rest of the, the crossover from now on. It's yeah. not that I didn't enjoy it. There's just like amounts of laziness to it that I'm just like, uh, what? And yeah. Pariah is the epitome of that for me. <laughs> like, yeah, his armor is like weird plasticky armor. And you like, it's like, it's the worst character uh, Tom Kavanaugh has played on the show. Well, because it is, it's one of the pre-existing wells, right? I can't remember which one. Was it season three wells? It's the one that decided I'm not staying with you, I'm going back to my own universe. Uh, no, he, it, it's not a, a wells we've met before, he's just a new wells from well, another. I was sure it was another wells, because I was almost sure that they like identified him like, what are you doing here? You're Oh, maybe they did. Uh, I thought and he's it was like, oh, well, this is all my fault because the research I was doing in my universe opened the door to let the anti-monitor out, blah, blah, blah. So now this is my curse to bear witness, which I mean, yeah, okay, I guess. But like, who is the one that, that there's so many wells, there's, there's so many wells. And now uh, I don't know how many wells there are in the current timeline now but uh we'll we'll get around to that eventually um too but yeah he's yeah he's kind of he's kind of serving the the same uh role that the watcher in marvel uh does where he basically oh it's 100 yeah it's exactly the same we can't intervene we can only watch yeah but so but we get a little on the how and what happened to wells he can't access his memories from when he was Nash because he, when he was Nash Wells, he was kind of like hunting for, you know, antimatter or whatever. Right. Um, but good thing vibe has gotten his powers back though. Um, so he vibes Nash and then, uh, he learns the code 
of the symbols on the wall. Which uh, is yeah. really, like, very quickly brushed over. It does make a little bit of sense, and I want to say that those symbols actually do correspond um, to each one of the... Um, why can't that word stay in my brain? Paragons? Thank you. Um, I want to say each one of those symbols it directly correlates to each one of the paragons, but I can't 100% mm -hmm. remember if that was the case because they go over it so quick. Like I can't even really yeah. remember what the symbols themselves looked like. Well, I remember one of them is definitely a crest, like a Superman crest. Oh, okay. But I don't remember if it was just coincidence that that's the case, but, um, or what, but yeah, they're, they're just runes, runes of plot development. Um, but yeah, so Supergirl and Batwoman are trying to lean on Lex to get the Book of Destiny to work for them, and Kara seems kind of hell-bent on using it in a way that seems, like, way too risky for Kate's sensibilities, and, like, of course, being Lex Luthor, he's totally seeing this happen, like, he's, he's, he knows people. He knows how people's m minds work, and he's watching how uncomfortable Kate is, and he seems completely aware of the kind of rift that's growing there, and he clearly is planning to make use of that. Uh, I think we get... Yeah, the next thing is on Earth 666, slow heavy metal music plays. Uh, Dig and Mia walk with Constantine who is taking them to see uh, Lucifer. Yeah. Um, very cool. Very, and I don't watch Lucifer. I don't think I've seen a single episode, but uh, this is a really great, it's another great Easter egg cameo that was not expected. Yeah. I didn't uh, see it coming I, at all. And I'm aware of Lucifer tangentially, but I've again, never seen an episode. Well, I totally remember like, when this started out or when crisis was rumored and they were releasing all these, uh, this person's going to be in it. And we're trying to get this person in this, like Lucifer kind of wasn't mentioned at all. They were just like, yeah. that's a completely different thing. It's a completely different network. It's not related in any way to what anybody is doing. Right. Uh, other than the fact that it's a DC property. So the fact that they actually did manage to get him in there and that it makes sense. Like, it, you know what I mean? Like, they didn't just shoehorn, shoehorn it in there. It's, okay, well, Oliver's been resurrected. Um, yeah. He's missing his humanity slash soul. Constantine is a magic user, has a uh, long-standing history of kind of giving souls to Satan for favors. So yeah. it makes sense that Constantine would be like, uh, if we're looking for Oliver's soul, I have maybe a string I can pull to make that happen. Even though it doesn't yeah. really result anything, it's it's just cool to think like because I love Constantine as a character and like the dark arts and the occult stuff that he deals with. So the fact that Constantine and the devil have a one on one conversation, yeah. it was really fun for me. And it was like it wasn't there wasn't a lot of animosity there. There was a little bit, but it yeah. was more of a bantering, and I enjoyed it a lot. Yeah, Lucifer's more like, "What have you done for me lately?" Yeah, exactly. It's like, I don't hate you. You don't hate me. We work together sometimes, but, you know, if either of us could crush the other, we probably would. 
Yeah, yeah. But he kind of he kind of fixates on Mia a little bit because he's you know Lucifer doing Lucifer things. Uh, but she reveals what she wants in sort of a brainwashed kind of way because he just asks her what she wants, and the way she responds leads me to think that she didn't really have a choice but to respond. Um, but Dig is also not having any of this shit, uh, and he uh, kind of you know puts a kibosh to it. Uh, and I think Lucifer hands them a card. Um, yes. Yeah. And, and then I'm, we get is, like, yeah, there's like a it, I, I don't know if it's it. like a, a playing card. I can't remember off the top of my head, but I yeah. think it's essentially just a spell. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. And it's uh, basically that once the image on the card fades while they're in purgatory, they'll lose their souls. And it kind of seems like he expects that that is exactly what will happen. So it's not really any skin off his ass to give him this thing. Yeah. Uh, Constantine kind of uses the card right away and we find ourselves back on purgatory. Leanne, you, uh, and they will need to find Oliver and get him to remember them and quickly because the card is already starting to fade. Uh, and I think we, after that are back at central city. Uh, and then they use what Cisco knows to access this room, which is kind of a, I guess it's explained as kind of a nexus between worlds or between universes, something like that. Yeah, it's like a pocket or a bubble. A pocket dimension, yeah. Uh, but uh, Caitlin notices that there's a blur in the middle of the room. And Barry, kind of using his speed discovers that it's the Earth-90 Flash. The weird thing to me here is that everyone's, like, really... um, confused about what's happening in this room. But right. it's 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 clear that there's a cosmic treadmill in the middle of it. Yeah. Like, it's <laughs> absolutely clear that that's what it is. <laughs> so the fact that nobody from the Flash show can identify that, like, hey, that looks like a cosmic treadmill. Which I think is such a stupid thing. Yeah, it's like, also it's like, hey, we have rooms exactly like this in at Star Labs, but we, we are so confused. Yeah, like I didn't get it at all. Well, you know what I'm going to have to do? I'm going to have to enter flash time to find out what that thing is. It's probably a flash. I'm going to tell you right now, probably a flash. Yeah, and so... Um, I think it would have been a great opportunity to bring in... I mean, they do bring in someone, and it's great. But yeah. I, I thought another, it would have been a great opportunity to bring in um, like Barry and Iris's daughter, maybe. Or Jesse or, Quick. Or, or Jesse Quick. Or Jesse Quick. Or even one of the reverse flashes. Like Eobard Thawne. Right. So like someone yeah. we haven't seen in a while. Um, right. Although this flash, I guess we haven't seen in a while because it is a completely different flash. Yeah, it's the Earth-91 that escaped. He escaped from... Uh, Earth 90 being destroyed kind of at the last minute. And I think that was in the, it was in the episode of the flash that ended uh, right before crisis started. Or it was like a, a real quick, there was a real quick scene of him escaping. Oh yes, you're right. It was, it was the, um like the after credit scene kind of thing that led yeah. into the whole crisis thing. You're right. I totally forgot about that. Yeah. 
but yeah, so it but it's that it's that guy. It's the same guy that plays uh like Henry Allen and uh John John Wesley Ship. John Wesley Ship. So yes, so this is the Flash from 1990s the original Flash. 1990s Flash TV series. Yeah. So and that and that's it it is cool because it's like well John Wesley Ship has done cameos and things on this yeah. show. Yeah. He's played Jay Garrick and then he's played um Barry's dad, but yeah. he hasn't played the Barry Allen that he played until this point, and it's very cool. I think it's a very cool nod. Like I said, I would have liked to seen another Flash or a reverse Flash or something like that, but this is a very cool nod as well. Yeah, we won't get our our, our other very cool Flash cameo for a little while yet. Um, but oh, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. like, what are you so, talking about? Like, how, so, somehow I forgot that that happened for somebody. <laughs> like, what other yeah. Flash? Oh, shit, yeah. But yeah, so the uh, it's explained that when the monitor sent him away, the anti-monitor was able to snag him using his speed power to to, to power the antimatter cannon, uh, and the test fire of the antimatter cannon was what destroyed Earth two, way back in the Arrow season eight uh, premiere. Like that's something that happens in the Arrow season one or season eight premiere is Earth Two is destroyed. Okay, um, and that kind of kicks things off. It's pretty impressive when you think about it. When you start thinking about like the pantheon of DC heroes and how powerful this person is versus that person, and almost yeah. everybody expects Superman's going to be right at the top, just because Superman kind of perseveres and wins, and 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 even when he dies, he comes back. Um, but the anti-monitor is destroying the entire DC multiverse using the power of the Flash. So if you yeah. ever want to question how powerful the Flash is, that's pretty impressive. Yeah, it's not... It's not. Never mind these whole things of can Superman beat the Flash in a race. It's the Flash is pow powering an anti-matter cannon that has destroyed millions of universes. Yeah. Already. Like, but, so, they find a way, like, because they can't get anywhere near him. Uh, Vibe uses his aperture science powers to uh, free the Flash from the, from cardio hell. Um, but uh, 90s Flash tells them that they fucked up. Because uh, I guess there's a failsafe built into it that if you were to ever stop running, it just will release all the power at once. Uh, and then, oh yeah, yeah that's a weird, pariah. that's a weird failsafe. Um, but yeah. I, I mean, I guess it makes sense. It's like a what do they call those dead man switches? Yeah. Um, yeah. So, so it is actually because, and that's the one. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm not like putting too much thought into pseudoscience. Which is like, because mm. is it actually storing power at all? I thought it was only just projecting power, but I guess maybe it's projecting. Doing yeah, both? yeah, it's sort of like a hose rather than like just having the. Uh, yeah, it's it's sort of like a nozzle that he can the anti monitor can point in specific directions. But if you'd you'd think if he could point it in specific directions, he would just be pointing it at earth one where everyone is right now right well but don't so, they still have do they still have those towers up where they're kind of hiding themselves 
Yeah, I think he's focusing on places that have those and destroying those first. Like he's sending his army to disable oh, them. So he's yeah, he's kind of focusing and and firing um uh blindly or focusing and firing randomly at his blind spots. Yeah. Okay, yeah. that makes sense. Yeah. And so and then oh yeah, like when this all happens, like when when Flash kind of gets out of there, uh Pariah is just gone. He's not in the room anymore. Um, but I guess there's a um, can't remember if it's if it's just like a uh, if it's just a scene change. But it uh, it's there's a place called Ivy Town, which um, you know I guess maybe Ivy League schools are all there. Um, the C story resumes with Ray, Iris, and Ralph finding Ryan Choi. And they find him, like, a bit skeptical at first until Ralph is just like, look, I'm just going to go stretch Armstrong here um, and kind of offers him a tissue. It took me a long time to appreciate Ray Dibney, man. Oh, I'm not going to lie. It took me a long time. Yeah. Yeah. He's a lot. It took a lot of developing his character because he was just an asshole at at the beginning. And maybe that was it. But I, I don't know, I got like a weird, like, knockoff Jim Carrey vibe. And I've never liked DC's equivalent to Mr. Fantastic. Yeah. You know what I well, mean? Because like, he's, I, I he's not number serious. One, I don't even really like Mr. Fantastic that much. I'm not a big fan of like, oh, my superpower is stretching. It's, to me, it's ridiculous. But I like yeah. Reed Richards because he's a super scientist. He's like a, whatever, fourth level intellect or whatever they call them in the Marvel Universe. Yeah, but, he's like... There's like three people strong, smarter than him in the entire Marvel universe, or something yeah. like that. Yeah, exactly. Like he's got like a um, um, intelligence equivalent to like Galactus. Yeah. Like it's ridiculous. But in like the DC universe, you've got Elongated Man and Plastic Man, and I'm just like, I don't care about either of them. Yeah, you don't need either. <laughs> so. Yeah, but yeah, no, it's uh, um, he kind of. Like they give him the pitch and he does pretty much what anyone else would do. He's like, I got to go fucking find my family. Like, he's like, I'm out. Bye. And they're all kind of just watching him go. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, And then we go back. Did he, so did he continue on then? I mean, like spoilers, I guess, but like after this, after the crisis run is Ryan Choi like in legends or, or Batwoman no or any of the shows? I have no idea. I like, oh. again, I haven't watched anything since, uh, since crisis ended. Really. I haven't watched anything ever. I don't think, I think I've gotten through the Witcher and lock and key. Like I haven't, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't watched the Joker yet. haven't watched, uh, like anything i haven't i haven't seen any of the oscar nominated movies i what do i do with all my time yeah i wonder the same thing with myself i'm like am i just not using my time i'm just like in waking comas all the time i just kind of like stop moving it's like four hours a day is spent just staring at a wall some weird rip van winkle shit going on <laughs> <laughs> our time's being stolen uh, well, now that that little bit of existential uh, horror is over, uh, let's get back to the show. Um, on the ship, Lois 
is the one standing watch over the screen watching other Earths get wiped. Um, and we find out that now there are only seven left in existence. So seven universes left. Yeah. And Lois's focus is on the loss of all these Earths and lamenting that no one will ever write a story about it when the Monitor reminds her that they were other planets uh, other than Earth and that his own planet and family are gone. And uh, she acts asks him like what they were like and he smiles it's like the actor that plays the monitor has to be kind of this stoic most of the time but he smiles kind of sadly as he's remembering and just tells lois uh you know that they 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 were everything to him and that lois he understands why she's such a good reporter because she managed to get that out of him mm-hmm yeah uh, I think I'm like right after that, Routh's uh, Superman ports in and slams his hand down on the uh, like the bulkhead of the floor or whatever, and he's just pissed because he apparently just happened to just get off of an Earth that was just being destroyed. Yeah. So, so yeah. in true Superman fashion, he's punishing himself for something he literally could not control. Yeah. Uh, Lois, uh, tells him he should maybe take a break and asks him, uh, he asks him about the black in the crest on his suit and, and his quote is pretty good about that. He, uh, says, uh, you know, hope, his quote is sort of like hope bringing us out of darkness. Yeah. It's, it's, um, a reminder that there's hope even in the darkest of times or something like that. Yeah. Um, which I think, no, I think I'm quoting Harry Potter. <laughs> and, it's and something like is, that. And that's the thing is like, you'd think that maybe he should have been the paragon of hope. I, like I said, man, I don't understand how they assign these paragon roles. A lot of them, yeah. they just don't make a lot of sense to me. Yeah. So what but, is he uh, the paragon of though? Truth. Oh, well, that makes sense. I guess truth, justice, the American way. Yeah. And, uh, so, but, uh, you know, yeah, it seems like something that the Paragon of Hope should be saying, but it's really cool to have this Superman back. Dude, and, like, that I shield really, looks so good. I love that shield His so fucking much. suit, his suit is good. That's, like, yeah. a fucking awesome Superman. I think he might play this Superman better than he did in Superman Returns. Because he's at, like, more of that age. He's, I think he was, like, he was pretty young. When he played... Oh, he was super young, yeah. So Mid-20s? Early 20s? He's more... I think now, because he's more of around the age Christopher Reeves was when he was playing Superman, it really... He really embodies that Christopher Reeves Superman role. The only thing I didn't love is his hair. His hair yeah. looks very weird. Like, I don't mean, put the gray in there. Yeah, for sure. It looks awesome. Um, but it's just really puffy and they're like that, that there's that like cowlick curl, which was kind of a, a staple of the Christopher Reeves, Brandon Routh, Superman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, which isn't there. It's just kind of, I mean, it's, it's, it's more puffy. It's more of a pompadour kind of thing. It's just Ray Palmer's hair. Basically. Yeah. With a little Uh, spray paint. Yeah. And, but like, yeah, he's, he's just so awesome. Uh, 
but uh, back in the anti-monitor's lair, Delio, there's a weird flash and a crackle of lightning, and we get another addition to this crossover train, uh, Black Lightning. This is super awesome. Yeah. Um, especially when we get to like the episode five resolve of yeah. the entire crisis situation. But this is really awesome because, uh, and I mean, I guess basically they lied to us, but yeah. I'm kind of glad that they did. Cause they said that black lightning was not going to be in the crisis event because yeah. they very specifically said it's another universe and he has no part to play in this. So yeah. I'm kind of glad that they lied about it because Black Lightning's awesome. I haven't really watched a ton of the show, but yeah. I like this actor a lot. Yeah, and like he, his anger and hurt about what his what is explained to him about what happened to his Earth and his family and everyone he's ever known, it fucking really hits. Yes. Oh, uh, he's um, he's so good. This actor's really so good. Yeah, and before so b- before that happens, he kind of he shows up. He's pissed, and he starts tossing bolts, and everyone else gets tossed when Barry throws one too, and they collide. Uh, and Pariah is back, shows up, uh, and yeah, like he yeah he basically I think what kind of uh, it doesn't really disable him, but it basically it puts so much shock into Jefferson to hear about what happened to his earth, that it just takes the fight out of him. Otherwise he would have just kept fighting probably. Oh, absolutely. It is a yeah. weird little depowering thing. It's, it's very weird, but I, I mean, superpowers, yeah. what do you know? Yeah. Um, so, and then Barry also, um, like Barry Allen from earth 90 and our, like, you know, our, the flash, Barry Allen commiserate with him about, you know, all of their loss. Um, the, the weird thing though here is it's the, fr- it like, okay. Pariah has been in the show all of a minute and a half. Yeah. And the first time he shows up, he's there for about 20 seconds. And is it, the, the only point of him in that scene is to establish who he is and what his thing is. You know, yeah. I'm Pariah. It is my curse to bear witness and not interfere. And then the very next time you see him, he's like, oh, by the way, I pulled Black Lightning out of his universe. Yeah, that's yeah. that's interference. <laughs> like, you're already yeah. breaking the one rule you established. Yeah, and I thought, like, it's like, so that thing is, they really only need, they need the seven Paragons to do this, but they also still need non-Paragon people to do certain things. Um, but they, I did, I expected that well, I mean, they're probably not going to kill Black Lightning because he's on his own show. But, like, what are they doing? Like, like I was so confused. I was, like, There's really a, shocked. At, at one point in this, and it might even be this episode, you just get to a point where you start to think that the writers of this really wanted to make it a, a, a huge crescendo and celebration of the Arrowverse and what DC TV has become. So they did start to shoehorn things in here. They tried to create, uh, um, uh, Avengers infinity war without doing all the work first, which is, well, I would say that's more of the justice league movie, but we won't go there. Um, 
it's but, that it, it's it's in that it's in that same kind of vein because that's the thing is like I, but i'm not you have to offended watch. by this though right you right. know what I no, mean? I'm not at all. Yeah, I'm not at all either. I'm because I'm totally. Even if a character shows up here, and I uh, uh, and I look at it and I'm gonna go, well, this isn't earned at all. What's the point? Why do we have Tom Welling's Clark Kent talking to Supergirl's Lex Luthor? That's not earned, and it doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. But I loved every second of it, so I don't care. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of this whole thing here. Well, why are you bringing Black Lightning in? Because he's going to do something with the treadmill, or like I don't really understand. Yeah, and, and you don't really understand until the end of the crisis situation, anyway. But yeah. it's one of those things where, to me, they're not trying to fast track a team in this as much as they're just giving fan service and knowingly doing so. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. Does that make sense? Where's like yeah, Justice League? Is, like we're just gonna give you, we're gonna give you what the Avengers earned without trying to earn it ourselves. Where like that's mm -hmm. kind of trying to cheat the system. Whereas this isn't cheating at all. It's just like no, we want to just give you guys things that are gonna make you happy and smile. And even if it, we admit that there's no real point to it. Yeah, and that's the thing is they they do they create little story beats to have at least the minimum of connective tissue. Like the whole reason why he's been asked to come is because they're going to try to use him to absorb the energy that the antimatter cannon is building up so that it can't keep firing. But it's more of a, it's not going to stop the antimatter cannon. It's just going to delay the antimatter cannon. So then, yeah, I guess so that they can save more Earths maybe not even saves more earth saves more people from earths that are going to be destroyed no matter yeah. what like the antimatter wave is already crossing these earths but with him absorbing energy will slow down the pace of that antimatter wave yeah okay yeah. and that's that's what happens but it's you know it's it's really uh it's not really explained that well and I, they're not really, that's not really what they're trying to do with this crossover, I don't think. No, um, and again, like, it's, some of it is, I don't want to even say lazily put together, I would, as much as, like, quickly and not necessarily thought out. Um, but again, yeah. the, the overall structure of the story is there, and I'm cool with it, and that's really all that matters at the end of the day. Everything else is icing on the cake. And then that's right. just kind of the way I'm looking at it, is... This person doesn't need to be here. It doesn't make any sense, but you're giving me icing and I'm okay with it. I'm totally yeah. fine. Even if I'm going to complain a little bit of like about the fact that it doesn't make sense and you are shoehorning in, it's still great to have that icing, but making that argument, I understand why someone like Rosenbaum was approached and he was like, uh, you don't have a plan then no. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the thing is like, also, like, from about this point in the episode on, the pacing starts to get breakneck at a point where it's like, we're with these characters for 10 seconds. We're with these characters for 10 seconds. We're with these characters for 10 seconds. And it starts to reduce the amount I care or can actually, like, keep up with what's happening. Like, even just on an enjoyment level, I was just like, okay, are we going to spend a little bit of time with these characters or what 
Well, and I mean, maybe that's the sacrifice. Maybe the sacrifice of giving you all these cameos and all these little extras. Yeah. Because with television, you are in a confined time limit. Right. Um, and especially like a really constrained budget. So maybe I guess that's the trade-off is we'll give you all this extra stuff on the top, but mm-hmm. maybe we might have to like cut short the amount of time we're allowed to spend on the important beats so we can't really let them breathe. That was a big thing with me right. with um, the way they killed off Oliver and yeah. And then um, when we go back to like the purgatory Leanne new part in this episode where it's like, we're going to get Oliver his soul back and yeah. like it's feral Oliver really quick, blah, blah, blah. And like Oliver starts kicking everyone's ass and it's literally like maybe five seconds before Diggle's like, Oh, Oliver, you're my brother. And then Oliver snaps out of it. Like there's no drama there. There's no, yeah. it's just like, Okay, that was really quick and really quickly resolved. The good stuff, though, like there's there's little there's some of those shorter scenes are really good because it's like there's a scene where uh, Kate is going to talk to Kara and is really hoping that she's going to be able to talk her out of using the Book of Destiny. Uh, and it seems like she's finally gotten through. And when Kara walks away. Kate lets out this kind of breath of relief. Really glad that she didn't have to use the kryptonite. Yeah. Well, that's one of the things that I really like that they are. And, and I mean, like, I think the next scene we were going to talk about, um, because, uh, the book gets brought back into it. Uh, yeah. and then like Kara and Kate kind of square up. Yeah. You know, like they, uh, they're, morals are art i mean their their hearts are in the right place but the way they want to do it is both kind of they're at odds yeah they're at odds so i like the fact that they are planting seeds to do their own bvs at some point you know yeah there there is going to be a batwoman versus supergirl crossover it's going to happen because they've already firmly planted those seeds yeah yeah it's just the question is now what will be the inciting incident that causes that to happen? Um, there, uh, so we go back to the antimatter cannon and black lightning is absorbing. Um, and the berries have a chat in slowed down time, uh, leading, uh, Barry jr. To a potential solution where he will run on the treadmill backwards and hopefully destroy the antimatter uh, machine, like destroy it completely, destroy the cannon. Um, but we don't get to see what will happen with that quite yet, because, yeah, we'll go to that scene real quick, like you just said, where they are, Dig and Mia and Constantine are walking through the jungle looking for Oliver, and he just leaps out and like kicks the shit out of them for a few seconds and then but it's over so fast like very quickly if this if that scene lasts for 30 seconds i'll be amazed yeah and it's and like he's like oliver is just back like it's like he's got his soul back too easy too quick unearned well i mean the weird thing is technically i i don't even know if that's like physically oliver 
Because I, I feel like they're in purgatory, so isn't that just Oliver's soul? Isn't yeah. Oliver's body still on the Soul Rider somewhere then? Or the, yeah. the, the Wave Rider, sorry? Yeah. So, like, yeah. I'm, I'm just, part of that is just very confusing. And it doesn't necessarily matter, because we're going to get to Oliver's role to play in this eventually anyway. It's just very, to me, that was handled way too quickly in, like, killing Oliver... Okay, we killed Oliver, and now we're bringing him back. Now he's back. Now he has no soul, no humanity. Okay, well, now we found the humanity and the soul, but now they're... And then, I don't know. It's it, The whole thing is just... The whole Oliver dying and coming back thing is way too rushed for me. Um, yeah. and, and, and like you said, he's just... One second, he's this almost feral animal. Yeah. And then the very next second, he's like, oh, hey, guys. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. And he's just totally, and he's totally fine. Yeah, uh, yeah. Again, like I was very irritated by that scene. Um, the next one, uh, it's just like a real quick scene where Iris, uh, kind of chases down Ryan Choi, packing up his office, and kind of appeals to him, you know, his essential humanity, basically. Um, and like she gets through to him pretty quick, and. He, you know, he's just like, yeah, I got to do something real quick. And she's like, well, what, what are you doing? And he's like, I'm going to call my wife and tell her I'm going to be a little late for dinner. And like, she's relieved. But then like, right on the heels of that, she gets kind of a call in her earpiece from Ray Palmer, letting her know that Earth One is now alone. Yeah. Every other Final Earth has been Earth. destroyed. Yeah. Which, Which leads me to believe that they yeah. weren't actually infinite to begin with. Yeah. Not so infinite Earths. Nope. Places um, on one, one Earth. So, yeah, everything's back down to Earth 1. Yeah. Um, we're going to get to that cameo we talked to earlier, I think, next episode? Uh, maybe, maybe. It's either next episode or the episode after that. I can't really remember. Um, but I'm very interested to know what Earth that is. Yeah, or is because it just now, another time? Yeah, because now they're they're on Earth 1 here. Mm-hmm. I always assumed... I, I don't want to give too much away. We'll talk about it when it happens. Never mind. Yeah. Just remind yeah. me about the Earth numbering when we get there. Right. And that's... Uh, so, Barry and Iris, of course, because this is a Flash episode have their kind of sweet moment um, in a flashback uh, that might have been their last moments together. Um, And we see, uh, and then we, I think music is playing at this point and Barry steps onto the treadmill and says goodbye to Caitlin and Cisco. And then at the very last possible second, like flash do, uh, 90s Flash saps Barry's speed somehow, like uses his powers to take some of Barry's speed uh, kind of in a thon kind of way. Oh yeah, he uh, totally steals the speed force from him. Yeah, and uh, with Barry Jr. kind of fighting against letting it happen, um, having to be pulled kind of... He gets pulled into a breach because, you know, uh, 90s Flash is going to take over and there's a kind of a cool scene of 
John Wesley Ship's Flash running, and there's like an actual scene from that Flash show. Yes, yeah, flashbacks to the '90s uh, Flash series. Yeah, uh, using yeah. actual footage, and that's that's super because I like that they're using his suit. Yeah. Um, and then because you you've got to think like they oh well it's Flash from Earth ninety one so you automatically thinking oh well it's probably that Flash. But the yeah. fact that they then show footage from the actual show with yeah. his iris, awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And kind of heartbreaking because of what happens. Yeah. And then he very quite painfully is obliterated. Yeah. Like rips to pieces. And after the explosion that destroys the device, we see only a scrap left of his suit, which is just the crest. Uh, and then back on Purgatory... They're almost out of time, but as they make to leave, uh, Jim uh, Corrigan, a.k.a. the Spectre, shows up and lays a little bit of destiny on Oliver. Uh, and again, like, they, this happens so fast. Like, he, he shows up and, it, like, it's a cool scene, but given a little bit more time to breathe and give Oliver a little bit of time to, like, wrestle with it. Rather than him just stoically being like, yeah, all right, I guess I'll I'll get. Yeah, this is one of those weird things where if you're not kind of in deep into DC lore, yeah, this is going to confuse you a lot because I I, I mean, yeah, I don't like the Spectre is a deep pull, yeah. Um, so for him to show, oh, oh, my name is, and I can't remember his actual name, but and I am the Spectre, and I need to talk Mm -hmm. to you all, Queen. Um, yeah, a lot of people would be like, who, what, why there's so some random dude you've literally never seen before is hanging right. out in purgatory. It, like, it's, I don't know. Yeah. I, and he basically, he's told that he needs to light the spark so that he can save everyone. Yeah. And then Oliver, of course, being Oliver, uh, just is like, yeah, of course I'm just going to do it. And he it's just kind very of very weird. Like you're going to introduce up a, 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 like a celestial spectral figure, spectral, like the specter. And his intro is literally just a dude walking around a bush. Yeah. Oh, Hey there. Like you are hey. you just on a stroll, dude. You're not, just, there's just, nothing just a... magical or mystical about you. Oh wait, his eyes glowed green for a second. It's just a dude that was on his way to dinner. Yeah, like there's like add a little fog or something. Come on, man. <laughs> like, yeah, take away his pupils or something. I don't. It's so weird. But yeah, so calm, like like Oliver, kind of pretty calmly says his farewell to uh, Mia and his friends, and they are sent back to the ship without him. Um, and they let everyone know he wouldn't come with them. And then they learn that the antimatter wave has been stopped with only the one Earth left. Um, and then there's a, a scene where Barry has a talk with Jefferson about what he's going through. And this um, is when I really started to admire the Black Lightning costume for one specific reason. Because hmm. I don't know if I actually really like it. Yeah. But I like that it is very unique. Yeah. In that, like, if you look at arrow and flash and even the legends their suits all kind of play by the same rules and we've had this discussion before where it almost feels like everybody's using like the same tailor 
Yeah. Black Lightning to me looks completely off. Like this looks like something he created or found somebody else. Like it looks yeah. very individual. Yeah. Very unique. Yeah. It doesn't. It doesn't match. Yeah. It doesn't match. Uh, um, production wise, the same way as everyone. Yes. And I'm not saying in a lesser way. I think it's just different. Um, it's very different, and I appreciate it. It should be different. Superman's, because I, 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 I look at like, and and actually, Batman v Superman is a good example of that. In that, mm. Superman's costume is Kryptonian and alien, so it's got weird textures to it, whatever. But Batman's suit looks like a guy made, you know, covered armor in leather. Wonder Woman's looks yeah. like like ancient armor. So, mm. and they should, those, all three of those things should look individual. They shouldn't look the same. They shouldn't look like they've come from the same place. Yeah. So. But, anyway. um, yeah. So, but yeah, he, um, you know, Barry's talking about what he himself has been through the loss of his father and all that stuff, but it doesn't do much to diminish the loss that Jefferson feels kind of a very hard scene to watch as a parent actually. But, um, like I, 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 I remember I, probably welled up here this is my crying moment of this episode um but he gathers himself he kind of like squares his jaw and he says they weren't raised to quit and that they should rage against the dying of the light mm-hmm. uh, and then they shake hands and that's a pro- their proper introduction <laughs> i was like i in my notes i'm like did they just become best friends yep yes I have a weird note here, and I don't know why I wrote it. Mm. Uh, the the issue of like recording a show three weeks after you actually watch the episode, um, but I'm just like, man, they really should look into that Dragon Ball option. They could probably save all of those Earths. Yeah, yeah, because there's seven, seven wishes. Them, you know? yeah. So seven Paragons. Each one goes out and finds a Dragon Ball. Yeah, because Lex could just be like, oh, um, so in the Book of Destiny, there are now seven Dragon Balls, and we have all of them. There you go. Because he just does whatever the fuck he wants with that book. So, um, anyway, Kate uh, catches Kara in the hall and kind of lets her know that she's proud of her for making the right choice and reveals the fact that she had the kryptonite. And I totally didn't see this the first time I watched this episode. I don't know what happened, but the yeah. second time watching this, I was like, oh, hell, I don't yeah. remember her offering that to Kara at all. And Kara, like, Kara is like, doesn't want anything to do with the kryptonite. She, like, recoils from it a little bit, and she's like, yeah, maybe just keep it, though. And have the courage to never use it. Yeah. It, which is, um, because in... Uh, which is a weird thing. You just, you know, never use it because you're better than that. Uh, yeah. Whereas Superman always lets Batman keep the kryptonite too, but Superman's like, hey man, weird shit happens to me. Sometimes people use me as a weapon. You should probably hold on to that so I don't destroy the planet. Yeah. Yeah. And that, again, that could be what happens that's going to have the uh, Batwoman versus Supergirl. Why don't I, like, have they, I, and again, because I haven't really watched Supergirl, do they, have they introduced, like, red kryptonite in Supergirl uh, yet? I think they've introduced maybe blue or black kryptonite. Okay. Maybe. Um, so, so it should be, could be something like that. It could be something like, um, I know many times in the comics, Poison Ivy has used her hypnotizing kiss to, like, take over Superman. Right. Um... 
and control him for short periods of time. So maybe something like that. But uh, I mean, regardless, Kara, Kara and Kate are going to fight at some point, and I will tune in for that crossover as well. Yeah, yeah. I wonder what next year's will be. I guess we'll have to we'll have to speculate at some point before it's even announced, so that we can see how wrong we were. That's um, a good point. We should yeah. at the end of the Crisis Five recording, we'll we'll try to figure out where we're going. Yeah. Um. So. Uh, we're back in the command center. Jefferson is introduced and is geeked out to see that Superman is real. Yes. That was cool. Cause he's like, what? Superman is a fucking real thing. That's awesome. I love it. Yeah. And Ryan Choi. Uh, I also completes. love that. Like every time, if you watch, even mm-hmm. if he's not doing anything, Brandon yeah. Routh as Superman is always standing in a Superman hero pose. Yeah. He's never relaxed. Arms always like hands on hips or hands crossed, yeah. arms crossed over his chest. Or it's yeah. always in this big like puff chest pose. I I yeah. started laughing Leg- at him after a while. <laughs> his legs are almost always more than shoulder width apart. Yeah, it's awesome. I love it. He's like, <laughs> yeah. he is. I am. I am Superman one hundred percent, and I'm in. He's I'm like, he, he's like a kid in his Superman pajamas. Oh, he loves it. And I think maybe like Ralph took a lot of shit for that movie unfairly i think because i think he was the best part of that movie yeah um yeah and i think he just really appreciated the fact that he gets to do like a big reunion tour and (laughs) sign off and he he fucking nails it yeah yeah there's um oof so yeah so they got ryan Choi there and they're about to begin the search for harbinger uh lila pops in and uh like Immediately, everybody's like a little suspicious because when questioned on where she was, she doesn't seem to remember or know. And like there's a little bit of eerie music starts to play um, and glances are being made between several of the others. Like Flash looks over at like one of the Supermen and they start to put together what might be happening. Um, And Lila's eyes kind of roll over white and she takes out Dig with like (laughs) like a wrestling move, like a Hurricane Rana. And I thought she killed him initially. I was like, oh, that fuck. That would have been Did something. Did she just kill Diggle? Um, but then she announces kind of in anti-monitor voice that the age of heroes is at an end. <gasps> and then we uh, discover that Harbinger is a plant. Lock her yeah. up. Lock her up. Lock her <laughs> Oh, sorry. Sorry. Yeah. Is that too soon? <laughs> so, and now we know who killed Jeffrey Epstein. Ooh. <laughs> Hashtag Epstein didn't kill himself. Epstein's still alive. Uh, when I doubt uh, it. <laughs> when Soups and then Black Lightning try to attack her, she's basically able to drop everyone with no apparent trouble. Like they can't move. Yeah, that is my question. Is like, did she just increase gravity? Because I have problems with that. Yeah, yeah. Because sure, you're increasing gravity. And I'm not, well, we won't really dissect this, but they just never explain what she does. But if it is just an increase in gravity, both Superman are going to be able to stand up regardless of what you do for a very long time. You actually have to turn most of those other people into puddles before you yeah. keep the Superman down. Yeah. It's so it's it. just, yeah, it's just like a, a really localized ability to keep people on the ground. The only people that don't hit the floor are uh, the monitor and pariah. And then they yeah. have uh, like a cool energy beam. Yeah, uh, Dragon, Dragon Ball, Ball Z moment. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. 
and uh, like Lila wins fairly easily. Um, and then it kind of she saps the essence from the monitor. Um, and as her eyes glow, we see the final Earth obliterate. And that's when I started to think about having a rap career, and I wrote the line, Oh shit, Earth One is done, son! And then I gave up <laughs> on my rap career. <laughs> oh. oh, god damn it. Oh, the worst. Oh, it's Just horrible. Worst. People oh. literally talk to me all the time, and I don't understand why. <laughs> <laughs> I think they're trapped. Do you trap them? <laughs> it, might, it might be that I have them in a corner tied up. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, we'll, uh, so, but yeah, Pariah, uh, you know, not interfering as he does, uh, does what he does best and interferes. Um, yeah. The great, great, like sworn bond or whatever the hell it is you're violating over and over again. Yeah. And sends the paragons away. And we see Lila, Diggle, Superman, Iris, Pariah, Ralph, and Jefferson wiped from existence. Okay. Now, this is what, like, totally shook me a little bit the first time I watched it, but a lot more the second time I watched it. And I'm granted, most of this scene's really cheesy. Yeah. People getting stuck to the floor or whatever. It's not a really great energy fight. You saw Lila being a traitor coming from a mile away because they essentially told you in episode one. Yeah. But at one point, and this is why uh, um, Candace Patton is just fucking amazing. Yeah. One point she kind of understands that, oh, that's it. Earth One's done. We're all dying now. The universe reality is being erased and you can see the tears well up in her eyes and she looks over yeah. to Superman and he looks over and he just grins like a nice yeah. reassuring like don't worry it's okay we're, we're all right yeah. yeah and then yeah and not, not like like he doesn't like he we're not going to get out of this we're not saving the day we're not we're we're dying but we're together we're it's you're not alone I am I have a lot of faith that they will do right with this new Superman and Lois show. I'm 100% watching it. I, the, the Lois yeah. is not maybe my least favorite Lois yeah. ever, but yeah. she's growing on me. And I understand that she is a, like an extension of Margot Kidder's yeah. uh, uh, Lois, who I did really love growing up. So I'm, I'm sure yeah. eventually I'll really warm up to her, but in the small doses that I've had. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. 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 So, um, but yeah, the Paragons have been sent to a place called the Vanishing Point, which is a place outside of space and time. Um, and they're discussing what to do. Um, and then Routh Superman is stricken and kind of flooding from like antimatter, what looks like antimatter from the inside out. And like he kind of falls to the ground. And when he fades, Lex Luthor is standing there having given the book of destiny a little rewrite. And right here is where I'm like, okay, well then he could, they could have done literally anything because the book of destiny is the most powerful thing in any universe, because what they could have done is they could have handpicked who they wanted to be the paragons and just made them whoever they wanted them to be. It is really weird in that 
they set this whole thing up like if you hold the book of destiny you can rewrite everything but you have to like exhaust personal energy and 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 right. because you're doing it all with your mind but then lex breaks that rule with like right. a sharpie yeah. like oh i don't have to invest anything i just like write on the page and then i change reality so why don't you just like get to the page of the book that you're in and then write and then the anti-monitor dies by choking on a chicken salad sandwich yeah there we just and, solved everything yeah and like but the other thing is like now speaking of like paragons being assigned to weird people fucking lex luther is the paragon of truth like it's weird it's i mean it's a weird payoff in episode five yeah because i I, i'm very interested actually i should go back and watch supergirl because i'd love to know where they took that storyline um but like my big issue with this is we just watch superman die with earth Mm -hmm. one then they Mm -hmm. teleport to this pocket universe and three seconds later they kill superman again yeah that's like two superman in five seconds Give the guy a break. Yeah, like two, and that thing is like very quickly wiped out. Yeah, well, I mean, as a longtime DC fan, I'm kind of used to it because they do it in almost every major crossover or Justice League event. It's yeah. like, okay, well, for this to have any dramatic tension whatsoever, we have to take Superman out early. Yeah. So then they knock him out or he falls into a coma or he has to go to an alien planet. They remove Superman and then sometimes, but not always, he's like the deus ex machina at the very end where it's like, up. oh no, we're all going to lose. But wait, there's Superman. Superman. Yeah. 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 He shows up coming down out of the sky. Yeah, basically. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. So yeah, like Lex gets up and he kind of looks at everybody who's like just jaws on the floor and just kind of casually asks, so what do we do now? End credits. End credits. And my yeah. last note is, this is so dumb, so dumb, so dumb, so dumb, but it's actually comic book as fuck, so I kind yeah. of love it. Yeah. That's the thing is like, I think this one uh, was the one where I had the most issues with the pacing and I think probably with that said is like, again, and like a lot of stuff that should have had a lot of punch having no punch at all. Um, yes, no. And I agree with that wholeheartedly actually. And then the book of destiny being this like crazy deus ex machina that they can really just do whatever the fuck they want with. Um, but yeah, it's, it's weird and it's kind of messy and all over the place. I enjoy the general story. Uh, I was saying before we recorded that I kind of felt like this crossover peaked in the last episode, but being as two guys who are doing a Smallville podcast, that might be a little bit biased because that's where we got our Smallville cameo. Yeah. Um, but it does seem to get a little messy and disjointed the longer we go on. Right. 
but has a fantastic resolve. Stick with us until episode five, folks, because if you didn't yes. watch it and you're just listening to recaps for some reason, thanks. But yeah. you're kind of missing out. Um, but the resolve of the entire crisis thing is well worth it. It's actually pretty awesome. Uh, yeah, I really love that final scene. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I like this episode. I, I, I kind of have to agree with you. I think the biggest issues with it are pacing, but I kind of understand why, because I do think that they sacrificed time to breathe for fan service. Yeah, yeah. And I'm a little okay with that. But, uh, yeah, that's, I, that's it for Crisis on Infinite Earths Part 3. So the um, next thing we record, Paul, would be what? On the next episode of Somebody Save Us, we are going to wrap Season 1 of Smallville with Season 1, Episode 21, Tempest. A reporter closes in on Clark's secret. Chloe may depart Smallville. Luther Corp is forced to close? At least the cl the school dance will provide carefree moments for Clark and his friends. Then the twister hits. Fuck yeah. Yeah. Uh, I actually remember like how hyped I was for this end, for the end of this, the first time I watched it a long time ago and going, oh, this means this and this means this and none of it meant any of it. Yeah. <laughs> I totally just lied to myself. <laughs> it, I always watch the end, the very last scene of a of a season. I always think about what if this is the last time this show was ever on TV. Like, what if Smallville had been canceled after season one? So when we get to the end of next week's episode, we can talk about what if this had been it. What if this had been the end of the series? I, and you know what? I actually don't even remember if it had been renewed prior to this episode. So it's very likely that it could have ended on the cliffhanger that it does. The thing is, though, in those days of TV, we didn't really get that information. Unless you were watching, like, uh, like... Uh, like e Hollywood news or whatever, like all, all like or reading like message boards on the internet, like uh, it, we weren't finding out that this show has been renewed. This show has been renewed. No, I remember you used to like the TV guide would come out, and there would be a TV guide episode or a TV guide uh, issue that would come mm -hmm. out like a month, maybe two months before the new TV season started. Yeah. This was before TV networks and like streaming and whatever just decided I can we can release whatever we want whenever we want. There was yeah, a yeah. there was a definitive schedule. Uh, these four weeks are the four weeks that new TV shows start, and then they run their course, and then we stop, and then it's all sports and reruns for four months. Yeah, but there would be like yeah. a, an episode of TV Guide would come out, and it would be like here's all the shows returning, and here's all the shows that have been canceled. So you sometimes wouldn't even find out that your show had been canceled until two weeks before you're ready to sit down and watch it again. Yeah. Man, I miss those days. I don't at all. <laughs> <laughs> You're drunk. Well, not yet. Um, uh, but no, it was great. Uh, fun episode. Crisis. I do enjoy Crisis as, as messy and chaotic as it is. Uh, I'm really looking forward to the next episode.
um, yeah. of Smallville. And mm-hmm. I think, do you have anything else to add? No, I don't. Okay. Well, then, until next time, somebody save us. <laughs>